We're literally debating that it's bad that people get to say what they think. Can you imagine? I'm reading Psalm 144 and it says, He trains my hands for war. We are on the brink of total destruction of America as we know it. Let your rebel flag fly. Welcome to the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio, starting off the third Sky, half of the show. Sky looks like the minor band director. That's what I'm going to do, Scott, when you're not paying attention. I'm going to get a taser. taser. <gasps> oh, I'll bring the we lipstick taser. <laughs> we could just do that. If we start doing the live thing where people can see, oh, we'll just see if we can take it or not. Guys, I have an electric fence controller. It's a solar power, so it's weaker, and we can right. see who can hold on to it the longest. What if I just bring my dog collar? The shot collar? I'm going to keep that on I'll you. bring my dog collar as Scott, well. It's time to go back on. <laughs> Scott, zip it. Stop this talking. is sounding better and better all the time. <laughs> yes, Scott, I'll get to see it all. Yeah. <laughs> we could, that'd be a good contest, no doubt about it. But John Wall is our guest. He is the chairman of the Alabama Republican Party. He is uh, called in. He's so. probably wondering at this point. He's like, like why, why did I do this? Done? He's like, I've, I've been avoiding this for a long time, <laughs> and I was doing the smart thing, and a, a moment of weakness, I decided to come on the show. <laughs> oh, good. And he, it looks like he picked a Thank good guy. Oh, my goodness. John, welcome to the program. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, no, and if guests are subjected to this shock treatment, this probably will be the last time I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, if you have good answers, you don't get shocked. That's just, oh. that's just the way it is. Yeah, yes. you and Sky are lucky because I don't think I have a control that can reach that far. Not yet. So you're, you're free. You're okay. free. But thanks for coming on. I, we've, we have tried to coordinate a few times for you to come on the show. And Scott was asking me what we were going to talk about. And I was like, well, I don't know. Well, so many whatever questions. we want to talk about. Abs, you got a question? Girl, I already have a question. Well, let's go. Uh, John, could we talk about libraries for a moment? Oh, one of my, currently, <laughs> one of the subjects I am talking about the most. I'll tell you guys, it is hard for me to believe we're even having this discussion. Um, for me, it's so common sense. Mm -hmm. Children deserve to be protected. And there is inappropriate material in our libraries right now. And that is a problem. So I'll just start off with that. Like, anyone who disagrees with that, I think, is just does not realize what's actually going on. Well, is that, do they really not realize it? Or is there an agenda there for the other side? That's what I can't figure out. Like, honestly, you and I sat in the Alabama Public Library Service uh, board meeting. You're on that board. And a constituent read some of the explicit content from one of these books and and ron snyder who's the president of the board was just i don't know if you could see his face because he was kind of looking the other way from you he was so disturbed by what he was hearing like he was visibly uncomfortable stopped her said this is inappropriate we get it this is pornographic okay so having read that seen some of the pictures why are these people so insistent that these things continue to be available to our children it is ironic, isn't it? Like, we see city councils do this. We see local library boards. They'll, they're so embarrassed about the content, they want to stop it from being read. And yet, they still push for it to be left in children's sections. Mm -hmm. And I, I think this highlights a very serious problem. I'm, I'm just going to be, you know, my opinion on it is very simple. If it's too sexually explicit to read in a public meeting, then it is too sexually explicit to be in a children's section. Period. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And the discussion. Like, look, since the beginning of time, 
we as a society and as parents have protected children from things that are inappropriate. Um, you know, let them be children. Uh, you know, and, and that's across the board, whether it's protected them from bullying or protected them from alcohol or, or right. smoking cigarettes. Sexually explicit material is in the same category, and libraries should be a safe place for our children. It should be a place where parents don't have to worry about them stumbling upon some of the most disturbing and disgusting material that there is out there. I, I as an adult, don't want to hear that, um, let alone have my children listen to it. So here's a question, because this is something that's going around on the socials among parents of younger children. They're saying, well, but instead of trying to ban books you don't agree with, why don't you just teach your children to think critically? Right. Now, okay, and, and I want to get one thing straight here. We are not book banners. And as when I say we, I say us as conservatives. Um, you know, the question here is not banning the book. And I've never heard once someone advocate for the, for the government, either on the federal level or the state level, to come in and ban material of any kind. We are not talking about banning material. We're not, we're not the, the people pushing censorship. Now, there is a movement push, pushing censorship, but it's the left. The left right. want to censor, censor conservatives. I mean, they censored a former president of the United States of America. We're seeing serious attempts at censorship, serious undermining and erosion of the First Amendment. But it's not coming from conservatives. All we're talking about here is the placement of this inappropriate content. And well, and that's what, talking about books specifically, not presidents, but I mean, the left has canceled Dr. Seuss, they've canceled Huck Finn, they've canceled To Kill a Mockingbird, they've canceled Shakespeare. So they, they for the Laura left Ingalls, to... Laura Ingalls Wilder, the ALA, American Library Association, has said Laura Ingalls Wilder does not have a place in our library. The little house that's yeah. out there on the prairie? It's racist, man. you got to read it. How could it be racist? Everybody was... Is that why? Because everybody was white? Uh, Probably. Yeah. That's offensive. That was my daughter's favorite book set. I absolutely hated to read, but she would read those books. Well, and Dr. Seuss, you know, it was not that long ago, you know, just just a year or half ago, two years ago, that they were taking some of Dr. Seuss's books out of libraries. Mm -hmm. You know, but yet we leave in clear propaganda that is aimed at socialization and not not in a good way here. We're not going to Marxist socialism uh, that agenda into our libraries. And and the head of the American Library Association has been very clear about it. She is an open Marxist. Um, she made a tweet when she got elected. She was so proud that a that a Marxist uh, you know Marxist lesbian was elected. She never thought it'd be possible. And with you, we're going to stay. We're going to change libraries and stay in the solidarity. Her quote. Mm-hmm. She also quoted not that not that long ago at a presentation that she wants to turn libraries into a place of queerness and difference rather than a place of democracy and citizenship. So, so that's one of the things that you talked about in the meeting. You mentioned, you know, okay, take the explicit, totally inappropriate, pornographic, obscene material out. This boldness to just speak and expose and declare the Marxist agenda that the head of the American Library Association, which is is advocating for this collective power of solidarity to change, and she actually talked about climate change in the library, like it was kind of crazy stuff. We, an American organization is proclaiming Marxism. Do you see that across the board happening in, in a lot of these organizations in our government? Kind of, what do they call them? Like 
non-governmental organizations. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it is taking over and infiltrating every single part of our society. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And look, we should actually, in a way, be thankful to her for the fact that she's honest about it. Well, true. Good point. We do. Look, look, this is the smoking gun, if you will. We see it. There's a clear Marxist socialist agenda being pushed on our children in our libraries from the director. The director says it. We see it. We see what's happening. And, and guys, socialism, Marxism has a very clear goal. They want an all-powerful centralized federal government that people are dependent on for, for their needs, whatever they may be. And to do that, they have to break up the local community. They have to destroy, undermine our faith in, in God and undermine the traditional family unit. That's right. Weaken the family, you know, and and that's where this propaganda is coming in. They they want people concentrated on government, and we as Americans, and this is important for me as chairman of the Alabama Republican Party, because for me as a Republican who 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 believes in the principles of our founding fathers and the, the constitutional ideas that they set forth, and, and kind of protecting people's rights and freedoms, I want the exact opposite. I want people to be free. I want a strong family unit. I want to protect religious liberty, and I want our our communities to be strong because government governs best that governs closest to the people. So this is definitely an agenda. We see it from the American Library Association, but you are correct. This is a socialist agenda that we see across the board, whether it's the Federal Department of Education that's lost touch with the American people and American values. Maybe it's the, you know, education unions on the national level or state level. Um, There is definitely an agenda across the board, especially targeting our children. But that's, once again, a classic Marxist socialist tactic. Get control of the children today, and you will control the country tomorrow. That's correct. And one of the things I do do want to point out and and get your thought on, John, this whole concept, and there's some good people on these boards and and city councils, and they don't want these books read. I, I really do think it's part of the strategy, because we've run across Amy Beth Shaver, who's the co-host here, one of the co-hosts here, had an article uh, about this very issue. And in the article, she included the link that she and Allison had, had found that actually shows what's in these books. Mm-hmm. And, and we've, we discovered that people will take this anti-book burning, anti-censorship stance because they really can't wrap their minds around how bad this material is. And, and they'll take this almost virtue signaling, oh, how dare you, oh, you're a censor, oh, la, 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 <laughs> until they actually see it. And then they're like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So I think part of the strategy is for to not know what they're really doing because regular folks can't imagine how graphic this stuff actually is. They think, well, it just must be... Dr. Zeus, Dr. Seuss teaching the birds and the bees, and that is is not what it is. But I do think that's part of the strategy that we shouldn't really know. These are children's books. Oh, and it's oh, it's an animated, it's a cartoon book, it's a graphic novel. It can't be real. Oh, it's graphic. It's very graphic. graphic. All right. So I, I just wanted to weigh in on that. And by the way, I probably am okay with censorship. And Everybody else books. may not be. I may be okay with burning books because my thing is there are a lot of books out there that can be purchased. The library can prioritize some better books, selective book buying. And if you want to buy them at, at uh, you know, Amazon and teach them to your kids, great. So that, in that realm, I'm not for censorship. But as far as libraries are concerned, I would rather them not even be there at all. 
Oh, I, I agree. I agree with you. And, and by the way, that is not censorship. I'll free you from your own uh, shackles there. Okay, good, yeah. good. No, because think about it. The censorship would be if government came in and used the power of government to say you can't buy this book. You, this book cannot. Right, you can't as an individual buy yeah. this book. Okay, I got you. And we're not advocating for that. The question here is libraries, public libraries, who are receiving taxpayer money. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, should taxpayer money? Is it, is it appropriate for it to be used to buy material that is pushing a socialist agenda, Marxist agenda, and putting pornography into libraries? And I think you're right. It doesn't matter what age category. That's inappropriate. I, I, I don't think that's appropriate material to be using taxpayer money to push that agenda. I agree completely. You said as vice chairman, I think, of the southeast of the Republican National Committee. Have they put out a statement regarding the libraries? What are, what are they working on as a committee to help combat this on a state level? Anything? Yeah, so the RNC has not done much on the library issue. Um, and part of that is because they're between meetings, um, and I would certainly hope and expect them to. I know a lot of state parties, you know, when you kind of break it down more to the local level, they have been a lot more engaged. You know, obviously here in Alabama, we're right. very engaged in that process. Um, and, uh, but I think the National Party is taking it more by state-by-state state, uh, level and letting the state kind of take a lead on it. I don't know. Can I know we have to go to a break soon. I still have so many questions. Can you stick around or do you have to go? Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll be can you do one more segment? segment. I, okay. I, it's, it's not been as bad as it started, so it's actually gone well. <laughs> <laughs> he was nervous at the beginning. That's the, look, that's the way most people feel about the show. It's Oops. not as bad as it was when it started, John. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, before we do- jump into another subject, I do want to say, like, how do you think this ends? You you submitted a motion to compile kind of a, a list of potentially... Um, graphic, inappropriate, whatever, that parents, constituents can suggest that librarians need to check out before they put in their local libraries. Do you think it stops there, or do you think something further will happen in the future? Oh, I think it definitely needs to continue on, and I will look forward okay. to talking to you more about that after we get back from the break. You got it. John <laughs> Wall is our guest, chairman of the Alabama Republican Party. We'll have him on the other side, everybody. Uh, be patient with us. We'll be through with our guests in just a few moments. We'll be back. <laughs> Welcome back to the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm Scott uh, Beeson. John <laughs> Wall, the chairman of the Alabama Republican Party, is with me. Hey, uh, John, I don't know if you remember the old days or not. Let me make sure I can, because I, I usually write notes in my phone, mm. and I don't even know if your numbers are correct anymore, but uh, under your stuff, it says, a good guy wants to build a conservative coalition can set up to do phones very cost-effectively. That was the old days, wasn't it, John? <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been involved for a long time. That was back when you were a state senator, and we were probably uh-huh. working on conservative projects together, for sure. Yep, absolutely. And just John toil- was just a phone guy? He was, he was toiling in the background trying to build a conservative coalition and was very, he, you know, he's kind of a techie guy and had some good ways for us to do phones and phone surveys and so he's reach a butterfly out. farmer and a techie a techie yeah. guy yeah i have wow. I when mean, they were like john wall is the chairman i'm like my john wall like from the old days john you wall? did say that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway it's congratulations to your brother and um i hope you're enjoying the uh, job you asked for you know, there are days when I wake up and I'm like, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do the same thing regularly, and then I get here and they tell me the same thing. It's true. Now, you, you know, I, I do. I, re- I really enjoy it. For me, you know, being chairman of the, the state party is a labor of love. Um, right. I, I love our state. 
I love the values that the Republican Party represents. You know, I talk a lot, a lot about this as chairman. For me, the party is only, you know, the Republican Party is just a name. What makes it special are the values and the principles that it stands for. I agree. And, and I, I, I love, it's a labor of love. I love fighting for our platform, fighting for our conservative values, and, um, you know, being that bold conservative with this position. So, so well, now, I'm going to say something else. I, I don't, I do not give out compliments very uh, easily. Trust us. But, we know. But when, when Donald Trump came to Montgomery, and we have the, the list of people to speak, um, I thought you did the best job. That's oh, true. Thank you. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really did. I mean, you kind of you brought it. It was from the heart. It was about what you just said, values, and let's doing the right thing. And I was ready. I was ready to storm the storm the castle gates. No, no, we can't do that. We can't do that now. No, yeah. you're an insurrectionist. Oh yeah, that's true. You right, end right. up in jail. Right. So, so only, only just just a lesson to learn. Only Democrats can actually like <laughs> riot. <laughs> protest and do burn things. cities oh, down and yeah. show up in the congress and Republican yeah you're right okay yeah, yeah. So, i wonder if it's if you can like just identify as a democrat for like an hour and then oh, that's hard storm- yeah, identifying gives you special rights so yeah. correct i don't know maybe if it, maybe if you identified as a woman first that might help <laughs> I'm an ugly woman, John. I'm sorry. I'm so want to see you woman. in a dress and heels. The heels are oh just too hard for me to manage. You know what? For Halloween, it's a long way to the ground. I see a, con- a, a costume forming okay. for you, God. Scott. Right. Only if John. If you, we're gonna come up with us. a bet, and if you lose it, that's what you'll have to do. I do not want to see Scott down and John. Morris and Avenue. And <laughs> I have to stroll down Morris. Sashay down Morris Sashay. Avenue. Sashay. Your heels would get stuck in the cobblestone. <laughs> It'd be <laughs> awful. Guys, I have a good excuse. I am a tall man. I'm 6'4". I, I cannot find a dress. That, that's right. It would be like a mini skirt, John. And <laughs> Gosh. And nobody would stop it. It's getting worse. Yeah. Just stop like, it. it. John is never coming okay. back on, so can we finish this? Yeah, we'll, we'll, get we'll, get we'll get good. We'll get good. Okay, do you want to finish the library before I do want to finish the library because I just want to know, like, what do you think happens next in this? Because, yes, you, you, you made a motion and it passed, and so we're putting together a list of potentially controversial books for local libraries to decide on. So what do you think comes next? What do you think should happen next, I guess? Well, and, and I think one of the other things that we're waiting on right now is actually from the meeting before this last one, which was when right. I made a motion, we asked for an opinion from the Attorney General on what authority the APLS board does have. Um, you know, because there is, there's a good chance that we don't have the power to, to regulate local libraries in any way. And so as far as effective change on... Um, you know, on some of these books, this list we're doing may be the best we can do to, to help encourage and give guidance to local libraries. Um, on other levels, though, I mean, there, there's multiple things. Like, I think we have to ask the question on ALA whether we want to disassociate or not. Um, that's definitely something we want to look at. And I, I still want answers on why local, uh, why libraries in Alabama seem to be having discrimination against religious groups. Like, we had a couple brave book readings where... In Madison, where, where they, they tried to shut it down, um, I want I, I think that needs to be looked into because if we want to talk mm-hmm. about censorship, what about censorship towards faith based groups? Why, why are drag shows in Mobile okay, but Kirk Cameron in Madison is not? Um, and mm, that question has question. never really been answered. And I, I want to look into that. So I have a quick question: sure. Trump and abortion. What are your thoughts on that interview? Does it affect us in any way? 
Well, I, I think I think that's something that every voter is going to have to answer. Uh, you know, if, for me, the question of life is incredibly important. There, there's no way to sugarcoat that. But like, like when you think about our fundamental rights, um, and I think our founding fathers agreed with this because they put, you know, in the De- Declaration of Independence, when they were talking about those inalienable rights coming from our Creator, the first one they enumerated was the right to life. You know, uh, you know, among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, and so, the sanctity of human life. I, I don't think we can, as a party, should ever go away from that or devalue it. Uh, the, the protection of human life and fighting for that right and freedom is so important. And so I think when, you, when you're looking at any candidate, you do understand that you know a candidate is not necessarily the, the party platform. Um, so I think the important thing here is that we do guard the party platform. Um, you know, that, that it will be amended at the convention coming up in 2024. Um, our nominee, whoever it is, you know, is going to have is going to have a voice. Is going to have some platform issues. That did not necessarily mirror what the the party platform is. Because the party platform is kind of transcendent, and it's something we keep strong uh, behind the scenes, wherever our candidates are. At. So wh- whether Dom- Donald Trump is the nominee or not, here I think that's an important issue to look at. The more important thing than where each individual candidate is is where does the party stand, and do we keep our path platform strong? Now, you know, then on the candidate level, I think that's important that every person, every voter does their research, looks into the record, looks at what that, you know, what the different candidates are saying and do their values match up with with the values they hold there. Um, We have one minute left. I have one more question Uh, because everybody keeps asking me the debate. Will there be one at the University of Alabama? Did we just get cut out altogether? Like what happened with that? Yeah, so there, there's a lot of moving parts. I think that's what people don't realize with, with the debate system. Um, we have multiple debates, um, you know, probably going to be up in the, upwards of 8 to 10 total. Um, there's media partners. There's so many candidates to get scheduled together with. And then also the venue, you know. You know, we're talking about some of these are sports venues or arenas where they're already booked. So I'm not, I'm not worried about the debate coming up. I'm still working hard to make sure Alabama gets one. And I, I'm, I'm very hopeful and confident that we're going to see one. The question is more when than if. All right. John Wall, chairman of the Alabama Republican Party, thank you so much for being with us. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Scott Beeson. We're starting off the second half of the show on this Friday edition. It is the 22nd day of September. We've got a special guest, and then we'll be back to your phones and your calls later in the program. We'll open up the phone lines. But um, Garrick Wilkins. Oh, no, no. We, we Hold on. We... <laughs> Wow. We went over Did I go? this. No. I know I've got a J right here. I'm so sorry, man. No, it's been a debate because, you know, actually, Siri says your name correctly. I know. And it's the most bizarre thing because I called you Garrick forever. And that's not right. No. It's Jarek. It is Jarek, yes. It's Derek with a G. Yes. And they told me, and I wrote a capital J there, and then you gave me your book synopsis. And I read it like it's written. Well, we'll forgive you this time. You ever time. talk to your mom about this? So, yes, yes, I have. <laughs> and where she came up with the name, I still don't know. But really? it's my name, and I love it. And yeah. and uh, and it's unique and different, just like me, which is great. So, so, really, you don't, it's not a family name? It is not. No, it's just one that she came up she with. She just dreamed it up where and, are put, you from? and put the wrong letter in front. So, so I grew up in New Mexico, uh, went to college in Pensacola, That's Christian so College. That's so weird. I know. And I've been in Alabama for almost 20 years, and I can't think of a better place to so live. So, it is Spanish. That's why you would miss No, but I it. just, I don't know anybody from New Mexico. And, and I didn't even have to get a green card. <laughs> <laughs> I've been shocked at Are how many Americans do believe that New Mexico is another country. 
It's it's really. I think my child. Test. Actually, this morning, Colin, do you want to talk about the test we gave you? No. <laughs> no. Okay. What are the three branches of government? I figured them out. Yeah. Anyway, maybe oh Jarek can tell us oh what they my are. Goodness, goodness. But we have Jarek Wilkins with us, who uh, is a Birmingham resident and has written a book. And this is interesting because we've actually never had this discussion. We've talked about a lot of things on the show. We've never talked about term limits. And your book is called... Unshackling Democracy, Embracing Term Limits, and Empowering Citizens. And that is your... Term limits is your passion. Where where did this start? It, it actually started, it started when I was very young as a kid. But if you all recall back in the 90s, the topic of term limits was, was at, at the forefront. It was part of uh, Gingrich's contract with America. And surprise, surprise, we never got it done. And as you look throughout the last few decades, I have no doubt in my mind that if we would have enacted term limits, our country would be in much better shape today. And when we look at the corruption that we have to contend with, when we look at the fact that, that we have more 80-year-olds in Congress than at any point in history, and we keep bringing up the same ideas to fix our problems, it's just not going to work. It's kind of like I'm a car guy. Uh, that's that's where my career is. And it's kind of like the old mantra that uh, the guy that drives your car into the ditch, why do we keep letting him drive it, trying to get it out? Mm -hmm. we, we, we've got to get new people in office to, to make the changes that we need. I mean, with $33 trillion national debt, that Congress is 100% responsible for. I mean, we can, we can say, oh, it's the Democrats or it's the Republicans. Well, both sides have had control at one point, and both sides have contributed to the, to the fiscal crisis that we have today. Well, there's no doubt about that. And one of, the, one of the things that people make the argument of is, well, we have elections every two years for Congress, six years for senators. So term limits is built in. If the people aren't happy with their elected official, then they can, they can vote that person out. But it really doesn't work that way. And where, where I came down eventually on term limits, when I think about it rationally, even having held office, is the, the fact that the elected officials are so against it, which means that they absolutely do not want to give up the office. Mm -hmm. They do not want to go home and be a regular person. And, and we don't talk about that a lot. But but it really is true. They just do it's not just want to be profitable. normal. I remember when one state senator lost his election, another senator was like, "What is what's he going to do? He's not a senator anymore," mm. and was just distraught about it. He couldn't even imagine how it would be not to be an office holder. Like he's not even human anymore. Like he's he's less than for sure. And um, and it seems like yeah, we need to we need to flip this over from time to time. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And in fact, that's the one argument that, that those, the 13, when you look at it, there's 83% of Americans are in favor of term limits. There's 17% that aren't. And I think those are the elected officials and those that benefit from them. <laughs> yeah. But when you think about it, and we talk about, well, we do, we do have term limits. They're called elections. Well, that's really not the case, especially when you think about the significant advantage an incumbent has where it is almost impossible 
able to run against an incumbent. I mean, when you look at just a congressional race, you're going to need between a million five and two million dollars to put on a congressional race. Mm -hmm. And someone that doesn't have the support of the PACs, which most of the PACs aren't going to support someone who's not an incumbent. Mm -hmm. and, and it's because the special interest can, can have more control over the incumbents. They, and they don't like to have someone new coming into it. So we have to put some policies in place that are going to limit it and, and, and start addressing the problems that we have. So when you are saying term limits, do you have a specific number of terms per office that you're advocating? So, so the most common uh, threshold right now, national term limits, as well as those who have taken a pledge and legislation that has been proposed, limits Congress to three terms in the House and two terms in the Senate is current legislation that's being proposed. And how do you answer when they say, but I've just now gotten on that committee? So that's, uh, that's actually a great point. In fact, when I was in uh, D.C. just this last week doing some final research on it, uh, I had the privilege of talking with Senator Tuberville, and, and he was telling me one of the biggest challenges that, that you have in Congress is the seniority system. And, and his views, that is, it really should be more of a merit-based system. We should put people on committees based on their expertise, not based on how long they've been there. Right. Just because you've been in office for 30 years, that doesn't mean uh, you know how to, to address transportation issues. Right. And in term limits would kind of force that because now no one has seniority because everyone's being rolled over very, very quickly. And I didn't see that in the even in the Alabama legislature. You would get people who might be chairman of a committee who have no idea anything about what that committee's over. And I believe that intelligent individuals um, could get up to speed, but most of them didn't care Wait, to get up to speed. They were just doing what the special Diane interest told Feinstein them. Diane Feinstein isn't at the top of her game. Allison, she you're ageist. Have, she might have passed her prime. I am, okay, if that's being an ageist, then I am an ageist. I and mean, I'm a Joe Biden bless. ageist. Bless. And I'm a Mitch McConnell ageist. I, I mean, help. it's just getting really out of control, honestly. When you look, there's no business Right. Well, we can replace her with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or with uh, Feinstein might be replaced with uh, Adam Schiff. So, I mean... <laughs> it's not exactly like a, no, a move up, but... but it's like some coherence, maybe. Right. right. I don't know. So you spent some time in D.C., and I'm curious... What is the reception? How do you get them to vote to limit themselves? That's the problem. So so there's two ways that you can approach term limits. And, and when you look at amending the Constitution, uh, every time that we've done it, it has been started in Congress, where they'll propose an amendment and then it ends up, uh, in, it ends up uh, being affirmed by the states. There is a move, because Congress has been so unwilling to address this, to call for a constitutional convention. And, and to do so would take 34 states, uh, and we're moving down that path. Uh, and, of course, some people have concerns uh, about it because we have not called for a constitutional convention before, uh, and, and many don't think it could be limited to just term limits. So it, there's some potential right. for other things to be to be influenced from special interest. And that's one of the biggest challenges we have is special interest dictating how things are done. And that's mm -hmm. why I, I believe term limits is one of the best things we can do to curb the influence of special interest. So could an offshoot of a term limit and, you know, getting them to agree to it and then doing it, could it have the advantage of making people work together because they're not going to be there that long? And so this whole idea of 
hmm, let's cross the aisles and try to work together would actually have to happen, wouldn't it? We actually talk about that in my book, uh, the fact that if you know you've only got six years in the house, you're going to be pushing to get stuff done. And you also are going to have to come back to your district and live under the legislation that you passed. I mean, so often when, when, you've, got, when you've got people uh, like Representative Harold Rogers, who's been in office for 42 years, and he's not having to live under those laws. I mean, we've got Nancy Pelosi, 36 years in office, and she's running again? Really? I, I mean, yeah. 83 years old, what, are you saying that you're so arrogant that there's no one else in your district that can do your job? I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, we need fresh ideas. When you look at the fact that uh, that over 65% of those in the Senate are baby boomers, and you look at almost 50% in Congress are, well, l let's give some of the Generation Xers who who have this fraud experience. Let's let them get into office. I mean, you guys are the ones, the Congress right now are the ones who's put us in a lot of these problems. It's funny because I look at even on the state level, within at the state house here, or especially within the Alabama Republican Party, there's this, like, they cannot let go. And, and I'm uh -huh. like, we need some sort of system where we pass the baton gracefully. But they're all so used to just having their little position of power, whatever it is. And it's almost contentious. I mean, it's crazy. Even I, And I see it more in the party. I don't know if y'all agree with that. I do. With just, like, they do not want the young people. I mean, you have to pay your dues to get in line for that next spot that they really don't want to relinquish. Um, what, what, how does this translate to the state level? Is, is your book really just a federal level Congress? Yes, the, my book is on congressional term limits. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we can talk about term limits in other areas, but the focus of this book is the historical perspective. And the good news is I, I've tried to bring it, bring it home. Like I mentioned before, I'm from the automotive industry, so I've used some analogies that relate to that because uh, as we see, even as you guys talked about, some of our younger generation doesn't know that, we, that we've got an executive, a legislative, and a judicial branch or how those or how those uh, how the government is made up between the two houses and, and then God forbid we start getting into the rules that the, that the house sets and the, and the Senate sets uh, so so I've tried to make it more relatable so I use some analogies related to the car business which I've been in for 25 years and and, and have been very fortunate to be successful in that I mean you think about when you when you when you think about your car, you get your oil changed pretty regularly, right? Because you want you don't want to have sludge build up in the engine. Mm -hmm. and, Theory. Well, we, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what Jared's <laughs> for. But <laughs> just kidding. So, so the same principles hold true with our politicians. We don't want career politicians. We should be changing them fairly frequently so that we don't have that sludge build up in the engines. So it's uh, it, it, we try to make it very relatable in this book so that people can understand. Because you ask them, yeah, I believe in terms limits but they don't know why and they're and they're not pushing to get this done but i have no doubt in my mind that term limits is is the best thing we can do to address the corruption uh in washington so term limits would be statutorily well constitutionally actually mandating citizen legislators that's right and when you think about it, I believe that's what our founding fathers had in mind. In fact, we had the idea of what they called rotation. It was built into the Articles of Confederation. It didn't make it into the Constitution, even though it was debated throughout the Federalist and throughout that time frame. 
but we didn't have the issue with significant decades and decades of service uh, in the legislative branch until the last century. In fact, a lot of that happened because of the seniority system. In 1908, uh, under Cannon, they changed how the legislative body was structured and organized from a leadership standpoint. Prior to that, 50% of the congressional class were freshmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you did have those citizen legislatures in place. And does it, I mean, when you sit as the head of a committee, does it really count for anything? Because Mo Brooks has talked several times, I can't remember if he talked about it on the show, you pretty much purchase your seat. It's not a merit base. You know, the special interests pay for you to sit as the chairman of xyz committee and then you do their bidding you you donate to the nrcc or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and you buy your seat so what good is the seniority system anyway it has nothing to do with the people it has to do with feeding the special interests and the lobbyist groups in my opinion well and and you see these members of congress feel like they become entitled i mean look Mm -hmm. at mccarthy oh goodness Uh, yes he 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 earned that right I don't think that's the case. We need to put people in position that are going to do the people's business. we got to take a break. Jarek Wilkins <laughs> is with us, with it, talking about his new book, Unshackling Democracy. We'll have him up on the other side. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We are powered by 1819 News. If you're enjoying this show... Hey, go over and check out 1819news.com. Consider supporting them. Join the team. Join the fight. It's a Friday, $5 Friday. I guess that's still up. Amy Beth? We haven't talked about it in a while. But, Thank uh, you for remembering, Scott. It's a Scott. special program set up by Amy Beth Shaver weeks and weeks ago. If you go to 1819news.com today, we will, through our contacts in Big Tech, we know you're listening to this show, and that means when you click on the website, it will give you a special $5 level because we track all those things. It's not we're following scary you. at all. No, uh-uh. <laughs> so you know what's bad is it's almost believable. Yeah, people are like, wait, I thought 1819 <laughs> was not that kind of company. <laughs> but after after we track you, after they track you, we won't give your information back to the big tech people who helped us track you every We're all the way done the being serious. I want to talk about cars. Do you? Okay, cars. so let's all talk right, about serious things. And at the end, I do want to talk about cars. It just, if you go there on Tuesday, the $5 option will be there as well. So oh, don't is that Allison's well, only, $5 yeah. option? Only for listeners. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Thing. That's right. Because otherwise, we'll make you. If you don't hear this, you don't get the five dollars. That's right. Thing. Yeah, it's the NSA. Yeah, mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Don't forget, they are. It's nonprofit journalism that represents your values. So go out and become an eighteen nineteen news member today. Jarek, Jarek Wilkins. Derek with a J. Yes, but with a G. With a G. That's right. Like geography or geology. Oh, oh, you had to God. go with geology? Oh, he's a geologist. Oh, that's so right, because okay. I thought it's so bad all the rest of the time, and then he got it. <laughs> God, they bum. But his, his new book is Unshackling Democracy. They told me to promise not to give you a hard time about democracies versus republics. Blame it on the person who made up the title. So so I'll tell you, you have to keep in mind, unshackling democracy resonates better, and that domain right. name was available. So yeah. True. Ah, there we go. You domain name was available. Capitalism. I can agree with that. Fine. Whatever's <laughs> Couldn't open. Couldn't get the other one. 
We're going but, with that one. But no doubt, it, it is a republic we, that we're in, and, and I think that's actually a major benefit we have mm -hmm. so that we're not just at the whim of the of the masses all the time. We do need to have some balance. Right, because those masses think we're a democracy. Yes, that's right. And that's, yeah. <laughs> Very hard to convince <laughs> them that you we're not. Now, Scott? No, I'm a, I knew he would agree just yes. from you know hearing his viewpoint of the world and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but you are right. If your book was titled Unshackling the Republic, People are like, what? They would ask, Who? what is a republic? Are we a republic? And then you have to do the whole, do you know the Pledge of Allegiance? And yeah, so there we go. Very good points. Yeah, we'll work on educating people on civics. So that may be in the next book. Yes. Guys, <laughs> say yes to that. Very good. So, so you spent yeah. time in D.C. Tell us what, did, was there talk of Ukraine and the government shutdown? I mean, I'm so curious because this Ukraine sending more money, Let's just free for all. We're $33, $33. I wish $33 trillion in debt. Hey, let's just give them more and give them more and give them more. And, oh, and let's take everybody across the border and support them. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. are your thoughts mm -hmm. on what's going on in Ukraine? Did you hear any rumblings? So, so fortunately, I did have some great meetings last week, uh, with, especially with Congressman Ralph Norman. Uh, from South Carolina, oh, who is... Bobby. <laughs> Ralph Norman is my favorite. He is such a cool guy. And he actually, I'll, I'll follow up with a question that he, uh, a statement he made after you talk about Ukraine. But um, keep going. But when we were talking through that, I mean, he, he made it clear to me that, that we, we've got to put a stop to the endless spending. If we're, if we're going to continue supporting Ukraine, we've got to know what our money's being used for. Is it really benefiting us? Right now, no one can tell us that. Right now, we have no idea. We just want to keep sending billions and billions of dollars and, and have no accountability with it. And I, and I will tell you, I don't trust our government to, to continue spending billions of dollars on foreign wars when we have issues at home that we're not addressing. And we have a $33 trillion national debt. And their idea of fiscal responsibility is, oh, let's only run a $2 trillion deficit this year. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I can tell you those numbers don't add up. They they do not. And the Ukraine, we were talking yesterday about the war in Ukraine. It's like maybe in the beginning you got to pass kind of like COVID. Like we didn't really know what we were dealing with. Mm -hmm. We lied Russia. to America. We didn't talk about NATO and the red lines and all the warnings and all that. We were like, oh, the Russians, are the Soviets are coming back. And so maybe, but now you have um, like... When I was uh, at the Shelby County GOP meeting, Gary Palmer was there, and he was basically just laying the groundwork of that we have to win this war and setting the stage that we just need to keep spending more money. And and I'm like, well, Scott, what's the end game? Scott just touched on an important one. What about NATO? Why is it that the United States is having to, to front a majority of the bill? When you look at how much Germany or, or France or these other EU countries are contributing. It is the United States that is expected to cover the lion's share of all of the support for Ukraine. That's unacceptable. Yep. Okay, it, it, NATO needs to step up and do their part. The EU needs to take responsibility. They are the closest uh, impact from the Ukraine and Russia. And if there's truly an issue, that's where it needs to be. And we need to stop burdening the U.S. taxpayers with these events. What's called the European countries know that Russia is not out to come conquer Europe. That's why they're not freaking out. That's not why they're not really afraid. That's why they're not ponying up because they know that's not the goal. 
But our press tells us that. Our government leaders tell us that. And it looks like with Ukraine, we're going to do the same thing that this federal government does for everything. It's like public education. If we'll just spend more, mm. we'll fix the problem. And now with Ukraine, it's if we'll just spend more, we'll fix the problem. And you said, um, you know, is it benefiting us? It's benefiting us. We're just not sure who us is. Well, well, this is somebody being benefited. Pro probably these defense contractors yep. and these yep. other people in, in Washington that are, are getting who knows what off of this. And, I mean, we, we also forget about the fact that, that you've got the, the Biden connection from Hunter to the yes. Ukraine. But no one wants to talk about that. Or the fact that we also have a U.S. journalist in jail in the Ukraine. But we want to continue sending them billions of dollars of our taxpayer money that we don't have. Because remember, we're not just sending them our money. We're borrowing the money to send them. Well, I don't think people understand that. They don't. And here's what we were talking about in the break that I was showing them on the phone. Mm -hmm. That proud elephant on Twitter and then Rob Smith retweeted that there are 130 House Republicans who've just announced their support for additional funding. And if you're on Twitter... I would go look up that list to see who from Alabama is on that list because there are plenty. There's there's three. Robert Adderholt, Mike Rogers, and Gary Palmer. Hmm. That's the three. Those hmm. are the three. Now Wait, where is uh where's Sewell? Is she on there? Well, I'm gonna look again. I sure. didn't see her. Is the Democrat? Senator from Alabama not on there? Or is this only Republican? Oh, this is only Republican. This must be only this Republicans, Republican yeah. List. Well, this is another reason why we need term limits. When you look at the fact that they're allowing special interests, and, and in this case, uh, foreign powers to influence our spending. Mm -hmm. And if we had term limits, we'd free those three up to go to the front. Uh, Dan Crenshaw's on there, too. Just of had to point that out. Right. Yeah, so they could go first. They could, because they don't have to be Congress. That's right. I want to talk government <laughs> shutdown on the other side, too. we got to take a break. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm Scott Beeson. We are powered by 1819 News. The whole gang is here. The Ladies of Liberty are here. And Petrov, believe it or not, one of our Russian confidants has helped running the program in uh, Birmingham. So welcome back, Petrov. Is that real? Petrov? Petrov, yeah. Who is Petrov? Hey, Petrov. Well, Vlad, uh, you know, he said, look. You didn't tell okay. me there was going to be any, any, any Russian influence going well, on. Well, yeah, it is. It's exactly the same amount as the Russian influence that got Donald Trump elected. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's all exactly zero. the same. Yeah, zero. Zero. But uh, welcome him back to the program. He's helping do some things. But Jarek Wilkins is with us. He's got a new book, Unshackling Democracy, Embracing Term Limits and Empowering Citizens. That'll be coming out in, what, about a month? Uh, no, we're uh, December. Pre-orders will come up in December. Ebook will be available at that point. Okay, so very good. You'll be able very, to very good. Everywhere you're but showing. we're talking about other issues. We talked uh, Ukraine a little bit, and then we talked about the 130 Republicans who have pledged to continue to support Ukraine. Ukraine, no matter what. Also, remember the number we gave out yesterday? The the one, oh, I'm going to go switchboard. find it again. I'm mm -hmm. going to find the switchboard number again mm -hmm. because that's our homework for today is to call and ask, Don't you think what the like, Hale County are you thinking? <laughs> They're like, that's, does, it, does it matter? You know, don't they know? They know. They, they know, know but not. they don't care. And that's right. well, they why we need us. to have the term right. limit conversation. They do know more than us. We're mm -hmm. just dumb rubes back right. here in Alabama. Mm hmm. They just know. They, they have their inside. own parking place. I just learned from Jarek that they have bulletproof cars, some of them that they ride around in because they're so fancy in D.C. Yeah. And, and they might be afraid this, of normal people. And most of them we yes. have to make sure to wear their congressional pins so they're recognized when they go out and about. Oh, uh, stop it. 
They do. Well, that gets you past all the checkpoints in the Capitol, too. Yeah. But I don't know Does why it? you can't just make one. Or what if... Hey, what That's about this? What if you were just friendly to all the people at the checkpoints and they're like, oh, yeah, come on. They would already know who you were without like, the thing. Like, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know, just I let mean, your deeds speak for yourself. But I didn't wear them anywhere else unless I was giving a speech. Scott, I didn't wear the church. We know or, you didn't wear your button. I was did, like, did you I'm have the fancy to... tag on your car? Absolutely. Did the you have the sticker? Okay. <laughs> like, I would have a speeder tag. Are you crazy? Yeah. Okay. Well, well what, what about the Senate with their dress code now? I mean, I guess you can just wear, you know, sweat sweat shoots, sweat I am dressed yes. in my U.S. Senate attire guys. as we speak. Guys. U.S. Senate attire right here. Look at that. Hey, it's called athleisure. And yes, it's what the ladies wear on the weekend. And apparently, that's not um, what Fetterman Fetterman had. (laughs) It looks like he got his clothes out of the garbage. The ATH bar does not fit Fetterman. I mean, maybe it did at one point. I don't know his history, but the what part? ATH, the ath. Leisure. leisure. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get yeah. that. Look, all I know is he's from a wealthy family up there, and he's leggings. never had a job. Well, his family's wealthy because they save money buying all their clothes from the thrift store. Yeah. Or the just trash show, can. It just shows there's no respect for our country and the decorum that we should have. Agreed. Agreed. So, what do you think um, about the shutdown? What are your thoughts? Is it Congressman Ralph Norman said that there is a 100% chance that the government will shut down. So what, what I find interesting, I'll tie this into Ukraine, I understand that even if we shut down uh, our federal government, we'll, we'll still make sure that we continue to send money to the Ukraine, which I'm trying to figure out how, how that happens. But when you think about the fact that we're talking about unessential services, well, if they're unessential, then why do we have them in the yep. first place? We, we have 2.2 million federal employees, and I really don't believe we need 2.2 million federal employees when we're running $2 trillion national deficits and have $33 trillion national debt. Let's make the tough decisions. Instead of having to increase spending, if we shut it down, then shut it down. We need serious cuts. Or we're going to be, we're going to end up bankrupting our country. And a lot of it has to do because we have the same people that have driven our country into the ditch and they're trying to do the same things to get us out. Mm -hmm. Just spend more. That's how we view education in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Just spend more. Just spend It'll more. get better. So, 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 so when your MasterCard is, is full, what you do is get your Visa out and use that to pay your MasterCard. Now you're meddling. That, you're so smart. <laughs> you are you're so, so smart. smart. You should so, be in Congress. Yeah, you should, you should go there. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm going to wait on my car question, y'all. Ask your rest of your questions. Well, no, do we want to talk about Samford? Because you went to Samford, Abs went to Samford, I went to Samford. My wife went to Samford. Stop! Who let the dogs out? Mm-hmm. Let's go Bulldogs. I've got a connection. You did not. I did not. Roll Tide. Ew. Mm, that was so dramatic. So I, I, was, I was one of about the five Samford fans in Auburn last week. Uh, mm-hmm. First quarter was great. And I was I was just happy that we scored twice. Yeah, and who wouldn't actually be? was you know? a pretty good. I mean, yeah, I'm Stanford baseball that, yeah. is on fire too. They are. Oh, really? I didn't know about doing this. really well. Yes, but that's not what we're talking are about. They playing right now? Well, no, last season. Oh, Sorry. last season they last did really season. well. Okay. So it's a it's a. I'm happy to hear the stand that Sanford has taken on because what? the What's LGBTQ the group wants to form. On campus at Samford. It is a southern. Oh, they want to be a recognized uh, they group. They want to be a recognized group. 
they are very upset because as of now, Sanford has said, uh, no. So I believe that they're going to protest that they cannot have their club on campus. So I find that interesting and I'm happy that a, a church-based school has said, y'all can have a group, you're just not going to have it here. Do y'all think that's a good thing? And do you think they're going to continue to protest until Sanford Caves? And will they? Well, well, first of all, I mean, Sanford is a private university with Christian principles, and it's one of the reasons that uh, I chose to get my, my MBA from there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I respect uh, Dr. Taylor. I think President Taylor will, will do uh, the appropriate thing to protect Sanford. And, you know, what someone views and believes, I mean, that's their right, but that doesn't mean they have a right to meet on campus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Sanford has been slowly making the progression to... It's gotten more liberal. I mean, like mm -hmm. when I was there, it, like there was a point where you couldn't even dance on Sanford campus. Yeah, then when but I that was there, you were there and there no, 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 no that, we, we could dance once I got there. But okay. like boys could not be in the girls' rooms. You had curfews. You had to be in. I kind of liked it because I go to bed at nine thirty anyway. But you know, we've slowly been seeing, and even in the Divinity School, there's kind of this. There's been a liberalization. There's been but, but a liberalization. The new guy is well. I say the new guy. The new guy has been there a few years. Yeah. And they've kind of. I they're think they're, trying they're to pull steering it back. it back. With you know. Well, and they and they've made some some real moves too to encourage that. They they instituted a Christian Ministries program uh, just in the in the last uh, several years, which has been a big part of it. Uh, we know they have a big push towards social entrepreneurship in the business school, which mm -hmm. I'm thankful my wife and I have been able to to help endow a fund for that program. So I, I definitely think you're seeing some movement with that, and they've always maintained conservative Christian values. Uh, and of course, society as a whole has been moving to the left. Right. And there's some things that we do need to change. I remember when I went to, to Pensacola Christian College, you, know, you couldn't even wear denim back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, you know, some changes are necessary to, to keep up with the times and others, we do need to stand firm on our views. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I say it all started with women wanting to wear pants. Then it was just downhill from there. And now I'm wearing leggings to the studio every day. We dressed up for you today. So, so uh, Jarek Wilkins has, has been with us. He's got a new book, Unshackling Democracy, Embracing Term Limits and Empowering Citizens. It will be available in December, so we'll try to keep in touch with him. And then we talked about some other issues of the day. Anything you want people to know, a place they can look for this? Can they, they sure. find on Amazon or what? We, we mentioned the website, unshacklingdemocracy.com, will be up shortly. I'd love for you guys to follow me on Twitter or, or X now or whatever they call yeah, it. What uh, is we this? call it Twitter X. Twitter X, Twitter X. Mm -hmm. Okay, so G.D. Wilkins. Uh, you can find me on there. Uh, I try to stay engaged on political stuff as well as automotive related. I'm mm -hmm. still a car guy, so, yeah. so I love my vehicles. I, I know someone had a car time. question. Yeah. Too, we'll do that in the break. I'm just chuckling about how I didn't say something about G.D. Wilkins. I saw it went through my head, too. <laughs> I knew These it. Guys. These two. Jerry, thanks this for being great. old man. Thank you so much. <laughs> you might not want to come back, but uh, we'll, we'll have you fun. back sometime. Uh, Absolutely. Have a great one. Thanks for being on Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We are powered by 1819 News. And if you're enjoying this radio show as well as all the other content put out by 1819 News, you can support that work by going to 1819news.com and become a member. 
1819 News is your citizen-supported truth-teller, shining the light on what's happening in the state of Alabama, uncovering corruption, and celebrating the good, the true, and the beautiful. Support nonprofit journalism that actually does represent your values. Become an 1819 News member today. And by the way, everybody from the from the UAB emergency room to the coaches, I mean, everybody was so helpful, so good, so accommodating probably more accommodating than they might have even wanted to be mm. considering how many people were like were coming in there now Aww. need to do something um they probably thought man all these teenage boys it could be a riot if we don't uh no but they did they did a great job and i and you know if any of y'all are listening thank you very very much and uh, we'll keep you updated that's what please do no scary. i mean just as a parent that's that's tough and i know He's your youngest of three, and you've got mm-hmm. lots of other athletes. And, you know, you two abs, y'all have probably experienced that a lot. But, like, surely it doesn't get any easier. I didn't no. really have any athletes in my... Right. It was strange. Like, Merritt got a, a, a concussion when she was at Florida, and they didn't know it until the person at Chick-fil-A wakes her up in the drive-thru. <gasps> Stop yeah. right now. Yeah, she got it at practice. Nobody really knew. She's going to stop in at Chick-fil-A and get something to eat. And then she just, they're like, uh, ma'am? Ma'am? She's asleep in the uh, drive-thru. No, 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 <laughs> then no. she's like, uh, I think there might be an issue. <laughs> Dad, can you come pick me up? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, anyway, but let's get to our guest. I'm very excited about this. Um, Dee is with us, but Allison? Dee is a deputy with the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department. And she is coming in to talk about this most bizarre story that happened, I guess, eight days, so two Saturdays ago, of Clint Bowden, who was on a call. Well, he's normally Pinson area? Pinson contract car, yes. Okay, and okay, so... Okay, so works for the city. Well, well pseudo city. Yes. yes, I know all about that part. But he got a call about some... It's a, it's a grown man throwing things at cars, and things went south very quickly. And the end of the story is even more bizarre. So kind of take us through, because he ended up in the hospital, stitches. Right. It's a really weird encounter. But he's in Penson on patrol, which he normally does. And then he gets a call that he needs to go, where was it? To Clay off of Old Springville Road to help the uh, Clay uh, contract deputy. Okay. Because they're notoriously short on Saturdays. Well just about every day, but Saturday is one of the worst days for morning day shift. is, is super short. This is at 7.30 in the morning. Correct. Saturday. And he gets a call that w- what is happening in Clay? Uh, the Clay contract deputy got a call where somebody was throwing rocks at cars as they drove by on Old Springville Road. They didn't really know what was going on with that. It could have been a kid. They drove too close and he got right, mad right. and you know, threw rocks. So it was, it, I don't want to say it was not, wasn't that big of a deal, but it wasn't where it was a high priority to go to where you had to, like, you know, kind of get your adrenaline started already. Right. So Why did they call him, though? Because that's not normally well, his... Well, the, um, the clay deputy, that was his call, and so he went there to back him up because they have to. They want to be there for each other. Right. Mm-hmm. So the clay deputy was talking to the person that was driving the vehicle, and he asked Clint to go up into the neighborhood to see, just to see oh. if he sees the guy. That makes sense. Okay, okay. gotcha. And, and people need to know that some of these cities, the way the situation works in Jefferson County is some of the cities can't afford police forces. So they contract with the sheriff's department so that sheriff's deputies are, are doing the police work okay. in that city. That makes sense. So, okay. so these two cities, Clay and Pinson, are beside each other. 
And so when one has a call or whatever, they may call the other one from the other city to say, hey, come back me up because you want to have witnesses. And, and things have gotten so crazy these days, you don't want law enforcement to be there by themselves. Mm -hmm. right. You need somebody else. So that's what she's talking about when she's talking about contract. Right. And they, so they, they just have one in Clay that they contract? No, they or, have, I mean, I think, they I think now they got three to, three to five. But, you know, you have to, um, I think they have one each shift, and some shifts mm -hmm. has two. Um, okay. Right. And Pinson has, I want to say about the same number. Mm -hmm. But the backup part, like, even though Clay and Pinson are really close to each other, usually backup would be someone that's closer to that area, which we have like a 4-7, a 3-9. And, you know, the 4-5 car, the Pinson car, you know, it's last resort, except for um, on Saturdays because they're so short. Right. So. Do we, what? What is four five four? Four five is a Pinson contract car, and, and like four seven three nine. Should I know that? Probably not. Okay. I'm not. I'm okay. talking in links. Okay. 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 Right. So, so my loser. So he's there. He's called for backup. Mm -hmm. He's going to look around. Take us from there. Yeah. What happens? He um, drives up in the neighborhood, and then he sees this male walking with all black clothes and a really big black backpack, like a rucksack. Okay. And he gets out of his car, and he said, "You know, he's about fifteen feet away from this guy." And he said, "Hey, did." Did you, did you have a problem with somebody driving too close to you or something like that? And he's like, no, this, and I'm not going to curse, obviously. Right. But curse words were exchanged. And he said, no, someone tried to beat my A, okay. so I'm going to beat yours. So he had had an encounter with a car or someone yes. earlier that tried to yeah, beat him up. The, no, it wasn't beating up. That's the whole rock throwing. He was the one that threw the rock at the car. Okay. okay. So instead of, I mean, saying I, I threw a rock at the car, he said, oh. someone's trying to beat my A. Gotcha. And I'm getting ready to beat yours. Oh, so at seven thirty, that makes sense. Yes, yeah, and okay. so um, it has coffee. Sure. Right after that, it's like abs with a suspect coffee. took his backpack off his, and that's body language to us. It says, "Oh, he wants to fight." I'm getting prepared. Right, oh, right. I'm clearing wow. off the weight. Yes. Right. So Clint took his taser out, you know, try to get him to comply and get on the ground. And at first, he got on the ground. But then the suspect kept re reaching for the backpack. And, clean, you know, for us, that's that's dangerous. Yeah, okay. There's no that. telling what's in that backpack. Mm -hmm. And so he kept telling him to stay away from the backpack. And the um, Clint got on the radio and told the other guys, hurry up, I'm, you know, get over here. And as soon as he said that, the guy jumped up and Clint tased him twice. Mm -hmm. No effect at all. So then all of a sudden the suspect started pounding on him with his fist. We didn't see anything else. Mm -hmm. um, and then he tried to get Clint's gun. He was able to get the magazine out oh of the my gun, word. but not out of the holster because he had a retention holster. Okay. okay. And then when he got hit in the face, I mean, blood was going down mm -hmm. his eyes and he couldn't see anything. The other two deputies showed up, tried to um, subdue this guy, and he was almost standing up with these two guys on him. And then they finally got him in the patrol car, and then he was fighting the whole way there. Um, come to find out, in that black backpack was like four or five knives. Oh, That's really? What he's trying to get oh, to. sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, what was he on? My goodness, that's crazy. How do you what? What's the drug where it makes you like I Superman? PCPs, PC something. I mean, that's Sky, something. you're a, well. I shouldn't say it that way, but I was about to Sky, say. you're a resident drug expert. <laughs> you were correct. Many many drugs can cause that, but PCP is the most. PCP is the. This is the Hulk. You get some, one. some pretty tweaked out meth heads too, but uh, PC mm. most likely. Well, we got to take a break. We'll have the rest of this story on the other side. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. I didn't think you really wanted to. We are back. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am here. Scott Beeson, Amy Beth Shaver is here. Allison Sinclair. D is with us. We're discussing this odd 
This odd thing that happened up in um, the middle of the state uh, with a, a sheriff's deputy who went to a call on a Saturday morning, early in the morning, and then it it goes awry. He is um, ends up having to go to the hospital because of what the perpetrator did. And then I guess we're up to speed now. We need to now. Now is when the really weird stuff starts to happen because all that's. A weird story, strange story for a Saturday morning, because just those kind of things usually don't happen on a Saturday morning. And then what happens with the department is is even more strange to me. So right. he has to go to the hospital. Well, and what happens? Because surely they send out, you know, they have to go out and find out what happens and look for evidence. I mean, a police officer, law enforcement officer has been in an altercation and he is hurt. So we got to figure out what happened, and nothing. Um, at, at actuality, two deputies went to the hospital that day. One, the younger deputy that was wrestling with him the most, had some heart issues and some potassium mm. issues. Mm. Um, but no detective was called out to the scene. Um, Clint's blood was all over the grass. No evidence mm. tech was called out to the scene. So um, they're not really trying to figure out what, or didn't try to figure out what happened at the time. Right, and see, and that's that's I, that's standard protocol. Right. And once he got to the hospital, we didn't have a sergeant on duty either. The sergeant from another jurisdiction had to come over and okay. do the report. At, and he came to the hospital to start the report on the first report of injury. Mm. Okay. So um, Clint ended up getting at least 15 stitches in his forehead. Oh, um, also in his um, eyebrow. He had um, black eyes, you know, kind of like raccoon eyes when you get mm -hmm. hit in the nose. So his sinus right. cavity is kind of messed up as well. And he's got other bumps and bruises. Um he was able to get released that day. The other deputy stayed a little bit longer. And then the third um, deputy went to the doctor the, the following day because he had to do the, the report. Right. So the third deputy was involved with the altercation was doing the report. So he ended up having a knee injury, too. So it's three deputies. And that, three and deputies. Just as an aside, what I think is important for some people to hear, and when we, we talk about it a lot, for some reason, people who aren't involved in altercations at all are the ones who are always saying that, you know, law enforcement shouldn't have done this and law enforcement shouldn't have done that and they should have hugged on him if they'd have just told him how much they loved him they would have got in the and why did they have to hit him that kind of stuff it's because it is easy to injure people so we got three law enforcement officers hurt by one guy right and and no investigation you have three as of um the most i think late last week um someone looked into it but no detective has been assigned that case because I thought that law enforcement was always like, hey, this is one of ours. Take care. You know, you're not going to do that. Take care of the brotherhood. You know, Scott Beeson's case may drop down a little bit, but we're going to find out what happened to our brother officer. Right. That's kind of what I thought it was like, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe something's not that way in, in Jefferson County. Well, it's surprising that he wasn't contacted by any of the higher-ups at all. Um, the only way he got contacted by them is after um, he did the article, maybe an hour after the article was released, and he the finally got the 1819 calls. News article? That's correct. Erica Thomas did. Okay. Yeah. And so then after that, someone, who from the department reached out to him? I want to be cautious on that. Okay. Um, let's just well, say the higher-ups higher higher that should have, been con should have contacted him when he, the day he went when to the When it hospital. happened. Right. Right. The 1819 News article mentions that he spoke to 1819 News about a year ago. Correct. And I remember reading that. I didn't put it together that it was the same person, mm -hmm. you know, when the incident happened last Saturday. But 
What was the article, the the article that came out um, about a year ago, what was that? Well, um, he, he and I both did that article, but what our concern was is we saw what was going on in the climate of the Sheriff's Department. We saw that things are getting really bad and it's shorthanded, and mm. our concern was, was a deputy's going to get hurt or killed. And um, and that's exactly what happened. With the sense and it's, it's ironic that it ends up happening to him, and I hate that for him, because our whole point was we're trying to protect all our brothers and sisters in law enforcement that work with us, because right. they're our family, and we're putting our voices out there, you know, at risk. But because they have children, or they they only got a few years in the department, they can't, you know, risk their whole career to, to speak out. They can't be you a whistleblower, right. because I've heard that story from from deputies before that article came out that. Look, we're we're shorthanded, and somebody's going to get hurt, and we we just don't have enough backup, and we don't have enough people to keep up with everything. So, so that was definitely out there percolating. There's been a lot of lot of news or interesting information percolating about the sheriff's department for a while, hmm. and Mr. Bowden um, goes public and says, "Hey, look, we've we've got issues here," and then it turns out a, a year later he's the guy who goes to this weird call and then so strange. It, it, and it seems it's just the way it seems no one's making any allegation i'm not making right. an allegation that it just seems that it's not followed up almost as if well you know you kind of you might have just, you just maybe yeah maybe 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 we're not maybe too not. tore up about it yeah at least and then we got the story hmm. so the perpetrator this is, is my favorite Now, who part. is the perpetrator? He is the nephew of one of our deputy chiefs and also a son of a circuit court judge. Huh. Hmm. Wow. And he has kind of a long history. Right. Um, the county manager in Clay, they, they've been dealing with him for several years, and he's terrorized that neighborhood. Several calls have gone by about you know him being an issue. He threatened to kill the county manager. Um, city manager. City manager, I'm sorry. Ronnie? Ronnie? Yes. Who wants to kill Ronnie? <laughs> Love you, Ronnie. <laughs> I mean, I'm still mad at him for the whole school thing. He knows what I'm talking about, but still. Yeah. So he's threatening to kill him. Well, apparently he yes. wants so, to kill like, Ronnie. So what we're saying is we're dealing with a young man whose mm -hmm. parents didn't care enough to discipline him at all, and now he's terrorizing the county, and now he's got connections, and oh, voila, shazam, nothing happens. That is not suspicious at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say 100% that they're protecting him, I, but I don't believe in coincidences. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, at this point, it I wouldn't a, either. It is an odd story. It really is. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, and he might need help. He yes. might have some mental health. I mean, I don't know a grown man that stands outside at 730 on a Saturday morning and throws rocks at cars. Right. And, and that it doesn't need help. We've dealt with people with mental health issues in the past. And they and I know nobody believes this, but they have super strength for some reason. I don't know. I what totally that believe is. you. So it, it could be a combination of a mental health issue and or, uh, you know, controlled substance. But, you know, mm -hmm. we're not sure. But I, I would dare say the mental health issues just because he had no you know, pain tolerance was like a hundred. Right, so right. he didn't, mm -hmm. yeah. And his, and his strength, like, you know, it was unreal. Oh, so Clint, goodness. just to wrap up, how is Clint doing? Um, he's ha He doesn't sleep at night. Um, like he's fighting in his sleep. Um, he'll punch and he'll yell. Right, and, it's traumatic. Um, and his memory's not quite there. I mean, he's not that old of a man, but it's almost like a, uh, like a dementia kind of symptoms. Oh, goodness. So, so do you think he has maybe some brain injury from this? Um, that's what I'm assuming. Potentially. I mean, I saw pictures of his forehead before it was stitched mm -hmm. up. 
It's pretty bad. I don't know how he wasn't hit with a pipe with some brass knuckles. Like yeah. if they went out and did some detective detectiving, <laughs> is that a word? No, but you it works. just made it. Yeah, you sorry. just made it a word. If they were detectiveish. <laughs> Maybe they would have found something because it's it's horrendous what they yeah. did to him. So I we're praying for y'all. I hope y'all get answers and thank you for coming on. Keep us posted. Absolutely. I guess um what I mean I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things where people need to know that hey look there's some 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 you know, fishy things some, going some, on some strange things and, uh, and I just pray somebody wants to come on and straighten it all out. We'll they'll be glad to have them. Well, and it takes a lot of bravery. Yeah. To thank do you, what Dee. you've done. Thank thank you. God bless you. Hopefully, um, no more deputies or law enforcement. Okay. Absolutely, because we're on their side. They know it. We love those guys and girls. Mm. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thank you. we got to take a break. Alabama Unfiltered Radio will be back. Welcome into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Scott B. Sonny, Beth Shavers here. Allison Sinclair as well. Sky, Big Dave, Jeeves, everybody broadcasting to over half the state of Alabama, and we appreciate you listening, and we appreciate you telling other people about it. So is today the National Pancake Day edition of the program? Well, what does that mean? I was just saying if today was National Pancake Day. I'm going to have to make myself pancakes at lunch. Ed would know. Somebody told me it was, I mean. Okay, I'm going to look it up. We need to know. You do never doubt the children on the bunny bus. September the 26th is National Pancake Day. <laughs> and to celebrate, after they told me that this morning, I went to uh, the Whataburgers because they have good pancakes. Wait, do you think they'll still have pancakes at lunch? I think Whataburger will make you pancakes anytime. You know they're what? Like, they're, like, they're like the cooking bear. I'm ironing also known this afternoon, Barrel. and I'm going to get some pancakes. There That'll help me do never it. never been to Whataburger. You've never what? been to a Whataburger? Allison is by our house. Yeah, I ain't never been to a Whataburger. Girl. Really? Everyone. We need to go to Whataburger. The My kids used to good. go all the time for they the have good burgers. Honey the fries butter, are good. The chicken honey butter biscuit. chicken biscuit. Yeah, that's good too. Yeah. They have pretty good. They have pretty we good. We need pancakes. to have a meeting there. It sounds delicious. Actually, we need to go to Lloyd's because they're about before to close. they close. They've been around forever and have some fried chicken. <sighs> Lloyd's on two eighty is about to they close. They started going. I mean, it was it was. They have about ten years. Last time I went, um, spent ten years. Thirty. Long time ago. It's been thirty since. Wait, did it got bad? We we used to go on Sunday lunch and when it was way out there. Way we went out to when it was in Chelsea, Mm -hmm. and there was just a white, like stone. I don't even know what it was. House on the edge. Wait, you're not being dramatic. It was literally in Chelsea. It was out in Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Okay, not. Oh, I thought it was always at the location it's at. Now it's on two eighty. It used to be farther out there. Farther? Or were there two? There could have been two, but to my recollection, and I am wrong all the time Mm -hmm. it was far out and then it moved in but you're right it could be that they cleared trees and you're like shazam i'm in a new part of the town because i used to think that's way away but But the burgers were delicious no the the chicken i've only been there once and you got chicken fingers and the chicken fingers and ranch at lloyd's were the best ranch is the bomb we're gonna have a landmark i mean people used to used to go just to go there and now i guess it's too built up so we're gonna go next week is that yes we'll have a serious meeting Okay. All, all right. right well, let's cool. go back to Ed. I bet all Ed right. knows all about Lloyd's, which is going away. Ed, welcome to the program. Welcome not, back not, to the program. Not that much about that, but, but on, on a lighter note, before I make a few more quick points on the Ukraine situation, mm-hmm. I um, I don't mind Allison's music as long as it's not nonstop Rocky Talk. I'm probably Rocky Talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up, Ed, just in a few. Hello? Hello? 
Uh, yes, you're, you're what, on the what air, happened? Ed. Um, don't know if Scott's with us, but you're you're still on, so... Um, okay, well, that's good. Well, anyway, I don't know what happened. I wasn't trying to destroy the equipment there. <laughs> you're still there? I'm here. Okay, good. So what, anyway, was, what was your last no, thought? Just, uh, like I said, as long as it's not non-stop rocket up, I'm fine with her music. But uh, anyway, but my point... I got this question. What's the, what does uh, Gary Palmer have in common with Putin? Neither one of them believe in term limits. <laughs> oh! I mean, didn't I mean, if if Gary Palmer really believed in term limits, he wouldn't be running this time. Oh, but he has so much to do. He just now got into his leadership positions on his committees. He just now met with Taiwan to promise more weapons. Him and Mike Rogers. He's got lots of things to do. Yeah, unfortunately, is it what really needs to be done? I guess that's another question. But uh, but anyway, uh, I, I have nothing but a firm no confidence vote in Gary Palmer from the get go. Anyway, so I, I don't. I really think we need to have an alternative party because the Republican Party seems to be following the Democrats' lead on this war in Ukraine. And I wonder just exactly who's running the show within the Republican Party, but that's been a perennial problem. You can go back to Phyllis Schlafly's great book called A Choice, Without, uh, Not an Echo, where she documents her involvement in trying to get a Barry Goldwater, a Goldwater the nomination or fighting the Rockefeller wing of the Republican Party. I mean, the Republican Party's been, been divided over globalism and, and nationalism for a long time. That's why you, uh, great thinkers like Howard Phillips left the Republican Party and tried to establish the U.S. Constitution Party. And it originally was called the U.S. Taxpayers Party, as, as far as my recollection goes. But we do need a, a real alternative to the globalists that are running the Republican Party and the Democratic Party now. Because this is all about world empire, world conquest. The West wants to rule the world. And if they lose in Ukraine, they lose that ish money around the world. But, uh, but uh, and frankly, I think it's hubris, it's, it's arrogance, it's the kind of arrogance that led to the fall of the Roman Empire, trying to police the world the way they did it back then. We're trying to do so, the same so, thing So, Ed, do you, do you think about the Roman Empire <laughs> every day? <laughs> no, but the thought occurs to me. I mean, now I'm not an expert on the fall of the Roman Empire, but I've heard things said. And I That's think right. a lot of those things said seem to parallel to some of the corruption in America today, like the moral corruption, and among other things. But I, and I don't claim to be an expert historian, but I do listen to those that are more informed about history, like John Mishheimer. He'll give you the history of why we are provoking Russia to invade Ukraine. You don't have to take Ed Williamson's review. You just listen to John Mishheimer. Now, do I agree with him on everything? Probably not. Uh, there's probably a few professors... At liberal universities, I just uh, agree with very uh, little, if any. Um, sometimes there's a really weird convergence. All of a sudden, I'm a pragmatist. I think we do have to consider the fact that we want to rule. Now, don't, not we don't want to rule the world at the expense of destroying the world in the process. And I just think that we risk that because there are generals in Putin's administration that want him to nuke us. And let's just go ahead and have at it. He's been the restrainer restraining this evil and he's supposed to be the madman communist imperialist that's going to try to take over the world and reestablish the soviet union where's the evidence this is all rhetoric like the old domino theory was rhetoric this is rhetoric but what is the reality on the ground is the real people that are suffering 
that need a peacemaker, it's the Ukrainian people. They're the ones that are dying. They're the ones that are becoming refugees, forced to be refugees as a consequence of prolonging this war. And it's, there's no evidence. If America really thought it was essential to win, we'd have had boots on the ground and Air Force support from the beginning. And we still don't offer that to them. We offer them enough weapons to keep the fight going, arguably to over time weaken Putin. And at some point, Putin's going to say, enough's enough. And he's going to yield to his general's advice, and we're going to we're going to see World War Three flesh out if we're not careful. And fair, the reason I'm enough, concerned, yeah. reason I'm concerned is because the history of the world is often history of border changes and warfare, blood and guts in the streets. That's right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. The um, you know. What? What? I can't. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right about all of those things. And but the interesting point is, I have heard congressmen say that Russia wants to reestablish the old Soviet Union. That's what Vladimir Putin wants to do. And if he and you know, they and they know that we don't know our geography, right? And they're like, oh, if Ukraine falls, they'll be on to what Moldova. Yep. I, I might can hit a golf ball across Moldova. I mean, really? Uh, they just make it sound like it's on then. They're yeah. just going to be scraping up country. Uh, let me ask you this. This is not a very politically correct question. If Russia decided it wants Moldova, do I care? I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> and then I didn't. But you did. Because I'm like, what, because what is Because isn't that? that the way it works? I mean, the political landscape, the borders of countries are always changing. I'm not saying it's right, but like... Again, it goes back to where is Europe in this fight? Where, mm -hmm. Why is nobody else stepping up besides us? Right. Because they are way closer and they should care way more if those borders They should expand. be more afraid, right? Right. And if Russia is really legitimately going to, then they're just going to start rolling through Europe. Yeah. Well, then the Europeans ought to be terrified. Yeah. It is and so. And they're not. I mean, they, our own people have put us in that dilemma. I was, I was listening to James Lindsay on the way in. And, you know, our enemies often, that would be progressives, Marxist, mm -hmm. put us in that unenviable dilemma. You pick one or you pick the other, but you're, you're darned either way. Yeah, they, they come up with this. Either they, way. They project, hey, you got two possibilities. You've got two choices. And we go, okay. I thought nothing was binary anymore. I'll just take... You got three choices. Yes, that's right. And so in this situation, it's the same deal is they've put us in that position. You mean you don't want to support war over there? You don't want to send aid? Look at these people. They're starving. Right. Are you a terrible person? Or do you want war? And it's going to break out in Europe. You know, so there's these two choices that aren't actually a thing. Right. It is. How about the third one? We're looking at you. We think this is ridiculous. You've sent enough money over there already. Take care of the U.S. Right. Now. Right. And let the like, Europeans right take now. care of themselves. And let them take care of the... I know. That's common sense. Could mm -hmm. we use that, please? Mm -hmm. I vote for that. Right. But it was just an interesting conversation because I thought, our own people, Republicans for Ukraine, right. are doing that very thing. <laughs> that is goofy thing. as all get out. Republicans They are Ukraine. using Alinsky tactics mm -hmm. yes. on us. Mm-hmm. And since when, so it's kind of like masks haven't worked for in 100 years, but all of a sudden in March of 2020, they started to work. They do. It's right. like what happened to the war against never-ending wars from mm. Vietnam to Iraq Amen, to sister. Afghanistan, and now all of a sudden 
we've got to be in a never-ending war. Mm-hmm. And nobody, I have not heard one leader tell me what the end game is with Ukraine. There's only been one, almost one leader nationally that, well, people running for president. Is it only Donald Trump that says... We just got to get out of this no matter what? Yes, and I think that's why they hate him. I think that is the single reason why they hate him. Even DeSantis, who said something was very squishy. strong and then immediately was like, my bad, my bad. Uh, well, he said, I want Europe to step up. We need to get Europe to step up. Right. But he that still was, was kind of squishy. Yeah, oh, that, was a great, that was a great line, and then yeah. he just squished away. Why? Yeah. He, why did he squish away? Are we the only people? Is it us three, Ed and Donald Trump? And our spouses. What a group. Hey, but guys, I have a question. And Barry Moore. And, and Barry Moore. Well, Tommy. Who, we can't who, leave out Tommy. And, Tommy. And, Tommy. And, and they put Barry Moore, this new redistricting plan makes Barry Moore run against another Republican. Can All we talk three. about that um, after we finish this conversation? Yeah. That's this is my quick question. Do you think the Republicans have Trump over here as the not war hawk? Okay. And so they have to take him down. Okay. Versus a controlled opposition, either Ramaswamy or um, DeSantis, and they're poll testing which thing we want more because we hear DeSantis going, or Ramaswamy who's doing kind of similar to Trump. They're trying out two different versions of who wants war more. What group of Republicans are going to be for the war more? The guys that are supporting DeSantis and here's our Warhawk guy that we can get behind who's done other good things and we're like, yeah, we're going to stick with the Ukraine angle or Ramaswamy and they're just testing all the ideas on him even though he's not but actually Ramaswamy real. did raise his hand and say, I, I would. He's against it. He's against yeah. it. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm saying they've got two guys, both of which are well-liked by right. Republicans right. and are they using both of these guys to figure out which tack are we going to take? Continue the war with maybe DeSantis they're covering both or bases. stop the war with you know Ramaswamy. I don't we've know. Got, we've got two not Donald Trump candidates, right. and we'll figure out how to deal with Donald Trump, but one of these guys might get there, but they're both still our guy. Yes. And then that happens in politics all the time. I mean, there, there's big, powerful groups who will basically tell everybody running for Congress, we're for you. Mm-hmm. Every single person. And then they win because every single person running thought they were for them. Right. And um, that that actually is a decent question in that it seems like they're they're playing both sides. I'm I'm more Trump. I'm less Trump. And which one can come to the top? Because you know the whole thing with Trump is everybody's like, well, I like Trump, but he's got these certain things. Mm-hmm. Can't we just find somebody else who's like him but's not Trump? Ramaswamy's like, I'm Trump, but not Trump. It's really brilliant, actually. It's almost like he'd be smart enough to start a pharmaceutical company that actually didn't make stuff and get really, really, really rich. Mm-hmm. We gotta take a break. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. If you're enjoying this radio show as well as all the other content put out by 1819 News, you can support that work by going to 1819news.com. And becoming a member today. 1819 News is your citizen-supported truth-teller, shining the light on what's happening in the state, uncovering corruption, and celebrating the good, the true, and the beautiful. Support nonprofit journalism that represents your values. Become an 1819 News member today. And speaking of 1819 News, there's an article over there hmm. that says that the, the courts 
the judges, oh, I got so sidetracked, on top of National Pancake Day. Uh, it well, is National Situation Awareness me. Day, National Dumpling Day, National Compliance Officer Day, National Johnny Appleseed Day, and National Shamu the Whale Day. This is dumb. We, everything why? is a day. I'm telling you. Why? I don't know why. Because somebody uh, wanted it, it and like it was a fourth grade Easter. project, and they took it to their congressman, and the congressman got it passed. Or they just now, they just you just send it in to nationaldaycalendar.com, and we need to apply. National. National Alabama Unfiltered Radio Day. Well, we just had National Talk Like a Pirate Day. So. <laughs> you got to check I mean, What else do you need? I used to check it every day because... You did? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I'll, check. I'll start checking it every day. Just National. National. Just yeah. so that people will know what we're supposed to be celebrating. Yeah. I love Q-Tips Day. So now I've got to have chicken and dumplings tonight because I've already had pancakes this chicken morning. Chicken and dumplings from Cracker Barrel are good. Are good. They're fantastic. I used to make chicken and dumplings when the kids were little. It's been a long time. Did you really? Or did you I just really pick did. them did up at the store? Them? No, I really, I really did. I burned rolls. <laughs> and I put yeah, too much baking soda you in them. Gray. They were gray. Purplish. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for Emmy to text and go, yeah, they were terrible. We all looked at each other and were like, don't do we that ordered again. pizza. It was that bad. It was yeah. awful. I failed. Well, I mean, I fail a lot. Know. It's okay. It's character building. It's, you tried. It is. It's all that matters. That's what my mom used to say. Failures, I mean, people could starve to death and die, but you tried. It's okay. Can you go back to what you were talking about? No, I totally forgot. Scott, I need you and Allison to break it down. To because focus. y'all are the map people. And you understand the article. We're going to get to another article that you mentioned mm-hmm. and you mentioned from yesterday. We need to talk about. Can we we're talk trying to Bill? To, we can talk to Bill, but I need y'all you to break down the map situation. Do you want to talk place. to Bill? Do you want to talk about maps? But I or need pancakes? somebody to break the map situation down for me. We got like the a map. five-year-old, okay. like we'll a five. It. It's let's, a disaster. Let's okay, go to Bill. there you go. Let's go to Bill. Bill, welcome to the program. Hi guys. Hey. Good morning. Bill, I just want you to know that I wanted to talk to you, and Al did not. No, I didn't say that. I just said make up your mind. <laughs> well, I, I don't have much to say, and most people don't listen to what I have to say. So, you know, they do. I, Are you married, I, I feel in good. I feel in good company right now. There's a stop sign. Get off here. Stop. Break. Why are you driving so fast? Turn on the windshield wipers. <laughs> I just I want to make you feel at home, Bill. Oh, that that fits right in. <laughs> so, y'all were talking about the Ukraine. Yes. You know, why are we doing what we're doing? Because I mean, the Russians are going to take doing, over all of Europe. Well, you know, I hate it, but we might be better off if they do. Oh, you know, we we have sent money all over this globe trying to buy friendship. Please like us. We'll give you millions of dollars to like us. Mm-hmm. Has it worked anywhere? I think what we really did, Bill, was, hey, we'll send you millions of dollars. And we have some very wealthy people in our country who want to exploit your resources, too. And they want to do business there, too. So if we send you millions of dollars, will you let them make millions of dollars? And then they will support us personally and politically. Yeah, well, that's that's probably there's probably a lot of truth in that. But the end result is 
we are hated all over the globe. There is nobody that really likes us. I don't, and, I don't disagree. And the other thing is, is how many arms did we lose in Afghanistan? We lost tanks, mortars, artillery pieces, airplanes, helicopters, more ammo than can ever be used, more rifles than, you know, we don't, we don't know how many. But it was a bunch. Right. So what, what, what are we really trying to do? Are we depleting our military to the point where we can't defend ourselves? That there is a good argument to be made there, Bill. We are depleting ourselves tremendously. And uh, we're going to be depleted before the Russians are probably going to be depleted. And, uh, and you know who knows how depleted we are? The Chinese. It, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. Could that money not have been used in this country to, if nothing else, we could have built some really nice roads? Well, see, the, 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 their view is, well, look, we take in $5 trillion, I think it's $5 trillion in taxes, and we're spending $7 trillion so, you know, if we're making up money and borrowing money out of thin air, we can pay for everything here and everything there. It's all pretend well, anyway. You, you, know, you know what the definition of bankrupt is, don't you? It, Tell it, me. It's when you no, longer, you no longer have liquid asset enough to cover your debt. Right. right. Are we there yet? Somebody told me that almost a third or a third of the next, if we ever, if we actually did budgets, next year's budget, like a third of all the revenue we bring in would have to pay the, the, uh, pay the debt. Service on the debt. Yes. The service yes. on the debt. The interest on the debt. Right. Not the, not the actual debt. We're not paying the down interest. anything, man. We're, we're, right. pay, we're uh, paying the service, the interest. So and meanwhile, we're loaning every country from A to Z. Foreign aid money. More money. Just take it. Help yourself. You know, it, it just, to me, our government is so out of touch and so just wasteful. What if it's by I design, mean, Bill? Yeah, I mean, it can't, it can't be. It can't, I used to think it was incompetence. You right. can't be this incompetent. Right. Yeah. You could put third graders in charge of our government and they would do a better job than is being done today. Amen. Because if you told them, hey, look, you're only, you only have this much money coming in every year, they naturally would think, well, this is all we can spend. You only gave me $3. That's all I can spend on Bow Pops. Yep. Well, my, my final comment is this. Ramaswamy scares me to death. Hmm. What, what, is his, what is his platform? Because a few years ago, we had a guy... Whose, camp whose campaign platform was hope and change. You got it. Hey, Bill, we got to roll, buddy. Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We'll be back. We need some cowbell, like, really. Uh, now we're all going to find my cowbell. Do you have one at home? Yeah, I've got a cowbell. All right. Bring it in so we can do it. <laughs> 
It always hurts my We've hand. We've been trying to figure out theme songs for uh, some uh, statewide elected officials. Well, this will be fun. All the ones that we Please, want. Please, let's do it. All the ones it. that we want to pick do have it. profanities in there, but uh, we're no, working. No, we got to do it we're for the clean version. That's our new thing. Every, every, every elected yes. official yes. on the national stage has a... Yes. And don't forget, we have our own theme music, too, just okay. in case you forgot. Yeah, Walker, you have It's a Small World. No, I do not. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, we voted. We no, voted. It's not. World ads is from everywhere. Not from everywhere. I am a calico. She said this morning she was from Ohio, too. I had somebody no, I text me and say, I thought she was from Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania. He My says, family's many, from Ohio. And how many people she got? She's like Hispanic, In New Mexico. Black, Do you want me to show you my DNA? When you're adopted, <laughs> this is a... You are from somewhere, but you were adopted into a huge family, and my mom was one of six. Mm -hmm. And so we originally started out in... We, I was adopted at one week old. Right. We started out in Ohio. Yeah, but you're adopted you don't from get Pennsylvania, the, you don't, and my birth family is still in Pennsylvania. Yeah, but you don't get the DNA of your adoptive parents. No, no, no. I'm saying we, because are your children not adopted into your family, and yeah, then you become yeah. one yes, unit? Yes, but uh, you said, do you want me to show you your DNA? I oh, thought yeah, no, somehow. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. We're not magically somehow, like, shazammed into the same DNA. Clearly not. Right, right. But right. when you are adopted, you become that family. And my mom's family. So the Hispanic family, side is from the Brenda's adopted family. side? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause I just, we're just trying to figure Black, out listeners. Hispanic, call. and white. And Italian. That's what my mother was told by my birth I mother. can't ever take it out. It's just so, stuck. but my mom's family is from Ohio. They had Wills Trucking, and they uh, their mm. business was in Akron and in Cleveland and Toledo. So you're from Ohio, they Pennsylvania. Are, they are from Do there. Do you have some sort of New Jersey thing, too? My dad grew up in New Jersey. Okay, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Alabama. Mm -hmm. New Mexico. We got and New Mexico. <laughs> Brenda. So if you have well, two people, mothers, people then wanting to you're know. from yeah, all over. Yeah, it makes 100%. You just have this huge family. Okay. That's, good. That's why so, you love everybody. Probably. It's very, very good. Mr. ADD, I'm going to bring you back. We're going to come up with theme songs for all of our Alabama elected, elected delegation up in okay. Washington. Mm -hmm. We've got one. Mm-hmm. But it has explicit words. Can we find a clean well, version? Well, that version, that version didn't YouTube. say the words. Oh, okay, good. Well, then you got to play it. It just hinted and at then, the words. But before yeah. that, we got to talk about maps. You don't want to play it and then let people guess who it's the theme song for? Yes. I Are you ready idea. to... I don't know. Are you plugged up? Oh, my God. Oh, my we'll gosh. Work. Are you Hold sure? On. I mean, it yeah, may not even play start it. playing. Let's play it and see if people can guess. Call in and guess. <laughs> 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 Play it. It's too late now. Oh, goodness. You're all going to get me in trouble. It, it does have it bleeped out, right? So, uh, I think. So, Sky and Sky's not ready. He's going to be shocked. So. Traffic is back up. Move. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get out the way. <laughs> get out the way. Okay. So. All right. The, the question of the day is. And it's not, this is not the, we're not 100% sure, but which statewide elected official who goes to Washington. Is that? Is this the theme song, the walkout music? Yeah, right? ludicrous. Mm, that's a good song. And it may not be reflective of our opinion toward, it might be that person's opinion toward others. Oh. That yeah, may be the message. Huh. 
So y'all can guess. But while we're doing that, let's um, let's talk about redistricting the state of Alabama. <laughs> if I can get Allison to focus. Five minutes. That's all we issue. need, guys. Maps. The the appeals court. Has got what's the, what do they call their little guy? What's their what does he call the, the special, special master? The special master oh, <laughs> has decided <laughs> that uh, they have drawn three maps. Now the question is, if the special master is so special, why do we have three maps so that the judges can can choose of the three maps? You yes, see what I'm saying? Yes, okay, yes. Okay, so the special master's not super special. He has no. to give the judges choices because the true special ones are the politically connected lawyers <laughs> who became federal judges. And if you look at the maps, what's the difference in the three maps? I don't know. They all look the same. That's what we said this morning. There's they like a tiny little jut. I, I think they cut some of the smaller communities up. Like down in the Wiregrass area, because that's really where it affects it, I think, is because we're going to have Jerry Carl versus Barry Moore. Mm hmm. And we're going to have to run against So, so each here's other. what's weird about some of this. So, Barry Moore is arguably the most consistently conservative of the Alabama congressmen. Mm hmm. And we said since the very beginning of this that somehow magically the powers that be will decide that Barry Moore has to have the hardest track to come back to Washington, D.C. I do believe you have said that. Yep, mm -hmm. several times. And lo and behold, here we are with the special master coming up with three remedial plans and the most conservative member of the Alabama delegation has to fight for his reelection. It did not have to be drawn that way. It could have been drawn different ways. But that's what they did. So does that not bother anybody? Does that not bring, bring up any questions in anyone's mind that, is, that it's magically the most conservative member of the Alabama delegation is the one who has to run against another incumbent Republican? Mm. <laughs> and so the question is... He heard the dog bark. Sorry. Oh, that was <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me, let me go. There are dogs here and they're barking. That's it's fine. fine. That's cool. It's fine. No big deal. Um, okay. And, so. then, and then if you look at the maps, and I, I would love for everybody to do this. And look, you can go to 1819news.com. The article is, um, who is it? Who wrote this? I'll give them credit. Caleb Taylor. Caleb wrote this. Go look at the maps. And, and look, we've all heard the news for years and years and years, right, about, you know, oh, well, they just, they just ran a finger out here to get a certain group in because they had to elect the person they wanted. Well, go look at the maps. And three or four of the districts, you know, look fine. They went east to west. That's fine. So what? And then you have one that has a big finger that runs over there so it can touch Birmingham. And that's just the way they do it. And, and, and here's the thing. When the special master does it, it's just fine. If the Republicans do it to elect more Republicans, that is a terrible political game that is totally based on politics. And I am appalled. So are you still in District 6? I have no idea. Or did you get drawn out? Uh, it looks to me like I'm still in 6. But I don't know how far the 7th District actually goes up in Jefferson County. But it looks like I'm still 
and six, but I haven't zoomed in. So which ones completely. changed the most? I feel like six changed. Six changed a little. And one. One and two are kind of shuffled around. I'd love to see. I got to look up all the numbers. Let me ask some more questions. Because y'all, y'all have heard me before that I, my advice to the legislature was throw race out of the database and draw the districts based on who votes for Democrats and who votes for Republicans. Now, it, it, you would still be able to go back and say, well, you drew all the minorities out of this district or into this district and they'll never elect their own person. But if you don't know what the race of the people are, right. how can the districts be racist? But that's course, too simple. That makes too yeah. much sense, Scott. we got to take a break. We'll have a little bit more on the other side, and y'all can weigh in as well. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio, powered by 1819 News. I am your host, Scott Beeson. The ladies of Liberty are here. Sky Rizzy Mosley is here, shaking his head. Reverend, still, did y'all decide still, he was going to sit in the host chair there? Or, uh, well, I had to heat up my coffee. Okay. And well, guy, you were looking was ready. She was. She was. Ready. Well, she you is, were looking like panicky. She looking is panicky. just like, as. What in the world's going on up there? <laughs> she is just as anxious as you are, Sky. Yeah. Y'all both do need oh, some of Red that's, Tops that's gummies. That's my metabolism. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. I gave that oh, all no. up. So, Long time ago. Right. So here's here's the thing on redistricting. I have I have questions. Just look, I don't get it. I you know I just. Just little old me, just here, no idea how any of this works, and and it's funny because there's there's two districts that are supposed to elect. Well, they're really supposed to elect Democrats, okay? And we can paint all this, and everybody can paint it in minority representation because you can't really say black representation because I don't know where the Hispanic congressman is from Alabama. I don't know where the Asian congressman is from Alabama. I don't know where the uh, the Pacific Islander congressman is from Alabama. So, so these two districts are supposed to elect Democrats. And in Alabama, they do it by looking at the black voting age population. But I have some questions. So the two districts that are supposed to be competitive now are the 2nd and the 7th. So here's the numbers according to, there's three different plans. The 2nd Congressional District features a black voting age population of, in the three plans, 48.5% to 50.1% of that district is black voting age population. Depending on which three, which one you choose. That's two. Somewhere in there. I don't know what the middle one is, but the middle number is somewhere. No, but that's, that's two. District that's two. District okay. two. Forty-eight and a half percent to fifty point one percent of the district, the voting age population is black. In the seventh congressional district, because remember, these are done by a special. A special master, Scott Beeson. Yes, one of those. Um the 7th Congressional District features a black voting age population of anywhere from 51.9% to 52.8%. So does someone want to tell me how, why a special master and the wonderful federal judges 
draw two minority districts because they know everything. They know all the numbers. They're endowed by God on how to make it fair and equitable and for Alabama not to be racist. Why do those two districts have possibly almost 4%, no, fully 4% different numbers of black voting age population by percentage? Shouldn't they be the same? Shouldn't there be a magic number that says that, that di- those districts should both be 50% minority? But they use equity they be th- math, Scott. Oh, equity and that's, math. that's how they came up with 52.4%. Right. I mean, don't you know that? Well, you're right. Two and two sometimes equals five. So let me ask this. Is it odd to anyone that the district that has the most... Black voting age population just happens to be the district that has an incumbent Democrat congressman in it. Hmm. That's shocking. I just can't. Can't even imagine. I don't know how that happens. It's weird, isn't it? So you end up with the most conservative Republican congressman absolutely having to run against another Republican congressman. But of the two equity, diversity, wonderful federally drawn by judges who are impartial, the district that is most likely to absolutely elect a Democrat is the district that has an incumbent Democrat. Huh, I don't know. I'm just asking questions because I don't know. We'll be back. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on this episode of Alabama Unfiltered.